All right, Mr. Davis, back in the studio. Where you been? Uh, up and around, up and around. <laughs> but I'm back now. Yeah, you've been uh, up to some uh, personal business, if I may? Yeah, I've just been, I've had a few things to handle here and there, so I had to make sure those are all sorted out. There but, you, you know, I'm back to take my right foot place now. <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show. That's what's up. All right, let's get right into it. Welcome to Backyard Conversations. This is episode number 11. We are excited to have you here with us. And we're just going to get right into it, right? The first topic on the day, R. Kelly, back in court. Mr. Davis, what did you hear about this? Well, I mean, he's back in court on the sexual uh, allegations now coming forward, right? So my hope is that, you know, the justice system takes its required route. Right. You know, things go as they're meant to go. Um, there's no proceedings like, you know, something coming up that, oh, someone couldn't get prosecuted because... I don't know, they did some deal back in the day or whatever, you know, just take the normal course of justice and hopefully the outcome is um, expected, like what, what's expected, you know, and justice prevails, right? I hear you, I hear you. I mean, this, is, this has been an ongoing conversation for a while. Mr. Kelly has been acquitted, uh, not, you know, before, and we've seen it happen before where he, he got away with it. And a documentary came out, you know, Surviving R. Kelly, that kind of resurfaced a lot of these allegations and... Even now, one of the conversations I have about these federal cases, because I know it's in it's two federal cases in at least two different cities against mm-hmm. him, the fact that he married Aaliyah as she was 15 years old, and he was like 27 at the time. Mm-hmm. And this is something that he got away with uh, back in the day. Yeah, no, that's pretty crazy. Like, and of course, you know, I feel like a lot of things have changed since then as well. Um, I don't think he'll be able to do that now. Um, you know, there's a lot, you know, things are out there now, you know, we've got Instagram, we've got, I don't know, Twitter, like, the world, people are a lot more exposed, news gets out a lot more faster, so, um, unfortunately, that had to happen in a time where, you know, it was harder, it was harder to, you know, see these things happening, right, but going forward, hopefully, this brings awareness to a lot of issues, and, you know, we see, we don't see these things happen in the future, right? Hopefully not, you know. Some of the cases brought, brought against him this time include, like, trafficking and racketeering yeah. and, and how he's been essentially threatening whoever wants to, you know, speak out against, you mm. know, what he's done or, or even witness. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, like, all of these, like, the news that we're hearing about this. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I don't know how much of this is going to be, like, you know, open to the public, whatever. I'm not sure if this is an open trial or what it is. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, the sort of evidence that comes forward, right? Just to take a look and see, like, how deep does this go? You know what I mean? How far, like, especially with allegations of racketeering and, and trafficking and all these things. Like, just to understand, like, how this was playing out, mm-hmm. like, right before our eyes, right? Yeah, and I think worthy of, a question worthy of posing would be, how would you separate the man from his art? Because recent data came out that, you know, R. Kelly songs are still getting 5 million streams per week. And this is 2021. Mm-hmm. And obviously, not the entire 100% of his fan base is of African-American descent or even of African descent, but majority are. Mm-hmm. And these are songs people grew up to, songs people listen to, songs people have been inspired by. So, you know, obviously you probably won't tune into a radio station right now and hear the songs playing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's there on Apple Music, it's there on Spotify, it's there on the ba- major streaming platforms. So how do you reconcile that? I mean, it's a difficult one because, you know, like things like this uh, music and 
TV shows or whatever, they're tied to, like, you know, memories, right, that we've had in our lifetime, nostalgia, all of those things. It's like, how do you separate the one song that you maybe played when you were proposing to your now wife for, right. I don't know, 10, 20 years or whatever? Like, how, how do you reconcile that, right? Do you say, okay, I'm not going to listen to this guy's music ever again? Or, you know, how? It's so difficult because, like, you hear it maybe somewhere, right? And maybe it still sounds good to you. Do you, like, block your ears off, not dance? Like, it's very hard, I, I feel like, to think about what the right action should be. I mean, we sh I think you should, we should probably be active enough to be like, okay, we're not going to go on on Spotify and play his music or whatever, right? Or Apple Music or whatever the case might be. But it's very hard to be like, okay, if I'm out somewhere and then, I don't know, I'm with some friends, maybe at the club or whatever, and then they play it, you know, what do you do in a situation like that, right? How do you react to it? Yeah. So. That's, that's a very, like you say, it's a very, very um, difficult scenario. And it's, it's, it's very, very comparable, obviously, to like Bill Cosby, right? Mm. You look at it, all the allegations against him and everything is done, and you cannot take away from how many people his art and storytelling has inspired over generations mm. and it makes you question like if you check amazon prime right now the cosby show is still streaming on there and so it makes you wonder how do you separate these people from all these terrible things they've done yeah i mean I'll, I'll say this there's one thing i'll say is like i mean if you go back in history and i feel like we're still for sure. Like, with, with music and things like that, it's a lot different because, like, we're consuming and then I guess it adds into their estate, like, their wallets and whatnot. But, I mean, one argument I'll make as well is, like, if you look at other products that we consume and, like, their history, the history behind it and things, like, that have come to pass, like, today, like, medical breakthroughs or um, whatever, right? Like, some of them have a very dark past. A lot of medical breakthroughs that we have today came from, you know, like the anti-Semitist um, times, like doing Hitler and whatnot, and like experimenting on people, or even in the States where they experimenting on black people and whatnot, and then they had these medical discoveries. Do we now say that now that they have the discoveries because of how they came about, do we not use the medicine or do you, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to sort of place it in that, where, where do we stand in, when it comes to these things, right? Like, I know, I know music is a bit different, and we're more able to affect the choice that we make by maybe just not listening to it. But then in other situations like that, you can't really say we're going to stop using that medicine or using that drug or, you know what I mean? Especially right. if they're the only ones and if that one company maybe has the patent to that to that drug, right? So it's it's hard to say. But, I mean, let's see how it goes. Maybe slowly. Like, I think it, it can be achieved over time, like, as it starts to phase out, right? So you have... I don't know, maybe Spotify, Spotify might phase out his music or Apple Music might phase out his music and then people have less access and over time you can, you know... Yeah, because obviously he's still getting paid by with all the streams yeah. that people are streaming. You can cancel them over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like what you said about choice, right? And speaking of choice, uh, there, there's going to be elections coming up in Canada pretty soon. Mm. What have you been reading about it? What have you seen about it? I mean, the Prime Minister is saying that, you know, he wants to make sure that Canadians are confident in him with his COVID recovery plan um, in order to carry on, you know, with those plans, right? But, I mean, there's other ways to find out you can do. You can have a memorandum, you know? Um, I just feel like in this situation, he just feels like this is the strongest time. Like, right now, he knows, okay, if I run, I'm going to win. 
that elongates my time. You know, I got another four years or whatever, five years, I forgot how long it is now. I was mixed up with the states. But I get more time to stay in power. So it's a bit of a tricky one because I feel like if you really want to know the public, if you have that mandate, you can just, you know, do a memorandum and ask the question like the way they've done on some of the issues before, right? And then people can answer. But I mean, it's politics, it's how, it's how the game is played, it's whatever. Um, I looked at the plan so far. Um, I mean, they have inside information, like one of my friends would say, but it looks okay. But, you know, let's see how it plays out. Let's see what the public, the the um, majority of the people think, right, when they when we do go for these elections, right? Right. It does seem like, like every politician, they want to take an opportunity when their popularity is high, right? Mm-hmm. It does seem like the Liberal Party does have maybe not too significant of, of, of a gap, but they seem to be doing pretty well compared to the other parties, like the uh, the conservative and the, like the, is it the NDP? Mm-hmm. And and it would make sense that it would want to, you know, cash in on, on that. But one cannot separate, you know, this um, optimism that you see from them, comparing it with the kind of responses and feedback people have. Like, I haven't seen a Justin Trudeau post on Instagram where there's no vile comments in the comment section, mm. or maybe even his Twitter page. For everything he posts, there are people always attacking him on there. And they might be the loudest, but I don't think they represent a majority so I don't know if you've come across these comments, and what would you say to that? Um, I mean, I feel like the reviews right now when I listen to people in general are very mixed. But I mean, he's a politician, he's in the public eye, there will always be negative comments regardless of who is in there, right? Like, it could be, you know, number one, like the Pope would post something and people are going to, you know, say whatever. Like someone who's, you know, people maybe see as a saint. So it doesn't really matter who he is, there will always be those vile comments, and those comments will always stick out because, like, they'll there'll be engagement and, you know, things like that on those comments. So, um, so far, to be honest, I don't know. Like, I feel like, obviously, they have their analysts and they have their people that look into things like this. So they probably think they've done really well, especially with, you know, handling COVID, especially with Canada leading the way in terms of the percentage of the, of the population that's actually vaccinated, right? Um, things like that, right? So I'm sure they'll be pointing to those things there to be like, okay, this is how we handled it. You know, we gave you guys your SERP money as well during the pandemic to make sure people are on the float. They've got a plan to restart the economy, to pump some money into businesses and small businesses in particular. So I'm sure the analysts have told them, you know, we've got all these things going for us. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can win. So uh, if he if he's sure that, you know, he can't win, then I don't think he'll be calling for an election um, so early, right? Right. So he's, he seems really confident regardless of the kind of uh, feedback we see in the engagement online. Yeah. And speaking of engagement, uh, Instagram, uh, Adam Mosseri, the CEO, came out recently and said, yeah, we are no longer a photo sharing platform. We are changing. Mm. I found this really interesting. Let's and change I, your I, logo then. <laughs> I doubt <laughs> they'll do that. And and I, I know when uh, Kevin Systrom and co founded Instagram, I, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they wanted a photo sharing platform that will live long and prosper, if you may. But ever since the Facebook acquisition, Instagram has been very efficient at copying whatever is trending in terms of other social media platforms, mm. but not necessarily executing it as well as those other platforms. So coming out to say, hey, we're going to try and focus more on video, it seems they want to be upfront and compete with TikTok on one side and Snapchat with short-form content and then YouTube in semi-long-form content, which I am really curious to see how this pans out. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think YouTube is the king of videos, so I'm not sure if Instagram can really capture um, that audience, especially because, like, a lot of times YouTube you're watching on your TV and your laptop is a, it's a different medium that we consume it by, right? Um, but in terms of maybe Instagram expanding, so maybe influencers or people that have use the social space as a source of income can gain more. Um, it could work. I'm not sure how engaging it would be. Like, I feel like there might be too much noise on Instagram. It's like, you know, you're looking at pictures, you're looking at reels, you're looking at the Instagram TV videos or whatever. Um, all of these things just... For, for me, especially if I'm on Instagram, I, I like quick content. I'm not going to lie. If I see a video that is not a reel, I'm probably not watching it all through. Because like, I'm like, I would go on YouTube if I want to do that. Instagram, I just want to quickly scroll quickly for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever and leave the app, right? right? I don't want to be in there, like, just scrolling. So um, let's see how it works out. I'm not, like, I'm not an expert, you know. They will do what they do. They do their gamble see if it works out. I guess if it doesn't work out for them, they can always just switch back to pictures only. Right. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. It's really funny you say you like consuming Instagram content very short-form style. Because the data obviously shows that people spend significantly more time on TikTok uh, per session than on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it seems, obviously, you know, TikTok's homepage is the For You page, where you have this endless flow of content that's randomly recommended to you. And and another thing that makes uh, TikTok unique, uh, besides the obvious, you know, For You page that drives significant amount of engagement compared to Instagram, is they followed in YouTube's steps and started paying their creators and influencers and instagram has made a ton of money off of people from advertising right and they haven't really paid people so you hear about tiktok stars youtube stars but you never really hear about instagram stars because yeah. it's not really a platform for you to come on there and blow up and and this is something they, they really really want to get into but they say they're going to be paying i think it's a billion dollars to, to content no. creators going forward yeah i mean instagram as well i i, I always found that instagram has always been TikTok, you know, you go on there and you watch other people. Um, YouTube as well, you watch other um, content producers, whatnot. Instagram, I feel like, is more of a niche. It's more of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like you know, you, Your community? Your community, exactly. So you're, you're looking at your friends' posts, your friends' pictures, what they were up to and you know, in the past weekend and their stories, um, maybe your family members, whatever. It's more of a smaller, like, let me see what my people in my circle you know, are sort of doing, right? So it's a, it's a whole lot, it's different from TikTok where you go on there and you're not really watching, you know, your people, like right? you're watching maybe famous TikTokers, other people, you know, producing content. Same as YouTube, right? You go there, it's a wormhole, right? You watch one video, you go to the next video, you right. watch one. Like, as opposed to Instagram, it's like I'm scrolling and it's only the people that I'm following that I'm looking at the pictures. So if I don't want your content, if I don't want to watch you, I'm not going to follow it. As opposed to YouTube where there's suggestions of people you don't even subscribe to, right? right. It's like I, I look at the vid pictures and... If you're not someone else, you're not going to show up. I mean, they've changed that a bit in Reels because, like, you know, when you go on Reels now, you can start seeing other different random, um, random videos as you scroll along, right? But still not to the extent, I would say, as, you know, TikTok or YouTube. So right. it's a whole different audience. But maybe with these changes that they're bringing, content producers will be more able to produce, you know, more content on that platform that will lead to people, you know, you know seeing it as more of something outside the community, so we'll see how that goes, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see how the change is going to affect things. And, and if there's any creators out there listening, I feel this would be an opportunity for you to prepare your content for Instagram and see how you can monetize it and, and make some money off of the platform. 
because in terms of monetization, YouTube does an amazing job because compared to Instagram, where if you posted something in November of like 2019, it's gone. It's buried on there forever. Nobody's going to see it. The engagement, yeah. The engagement is dead. However, on YouTube, a video you posted six years ago might still be making you money because the algorithm randomly recommended it to somebody last week, Tuesday, and cha-ching. You, you and it, it might become relevant. It's a different exactly. sort of content, right? Like, okay, I want to learn how to bake a cookie. Right. I can watch the 10-year-old video that tells me how to do that. Exactly. Right? So that's, that's, that's really interesting. And speaking of change, the two biggest, you know, footballing franchises, well, one is a giant. The other one is like a very, very tiny baby giant. FIFA and Pez have been competing for many, many years. And people have been divided. People have been going back and forth uh, on which is better, which plays better, which is more realistic. However, this 2022 is a major milestone year, I think, for both of them because they'll be releasing their first full release on quote-unquote next-gen consoles, the PS5 and the Xbox One X. And Konami came out and said, all right, we're changing the title. It's no longer Pez. It's now going to be called eFootball. And it's going to be free. Like, you're not going to pay for it. However, if you want to do other things, you're going to pay, which is my major gripe with it because I feel like a free game is all, all good. But when we, my experience with freemium content, you know, it's a slippery slope in that you end up having to pay to get the ultimate experience. Mm. And gaming shouldn't be like that. You should be able to enjoy the experience. Even if it costs a certain amount of money, let me enjoy the game and not have to pay more to get the best out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like gaming obviously is going towards a subscription service eventually. I feel like that's how it's going to go. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with content now just being produced digitally, right? Like, you don't have to buy the actual hard copy of the CD or whatever, right? So it might switch into sort of like this subscription um, type thing. I started in uh, PES, by the way, but now I play FIFA. And I think, well, it was called Pro Evolution when I started playing Oh, I see. There yeah. are two versions. I think it was NTSC versus PAL, right? If you played, yeah. I think, in Europe, it was called Winning Eleven. But, um, no, I think it was, what do you call it, PES? Yeah, Pro Evolution Soccer. Pro Evolution Soccer. And then it was called Winning Eleven on some platform. I think it was either PAL or NTSC. It was used to be oh, really? for a minute, yeah. Yeah, so I used to play Pro Evolution, which is what I remember it as. And I, to today, I still use my controls. I still Pro Evolution Same. controls, right? I just switch it over when I play FIFA. And then eventually it turned to FIFA at some point. I don't know why. I think maybe because FIFA had the rights to the names, to the names in the clubs and, and all of that, right? And then more people were just playing and it kind of just stayed on FIFA. And then Pro was out of wax for me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, maybe with this free system going on, that's probably just to join the audience so the audience can come in, try the game out. And when they see it's good and they want more, they can start paying. So I think eventually, even though they're paying for the premium content, as time goes along, they might switch back into... Maybe this subscription service style or back into, okay, we're going to buy the game when they have enough of a user base, right? Right. Because um, right now, you know, they can't really compete with FIFA because most players are in FIFA. FIFA is like the biggest selling game for EA Sports, right? Right. So it's a really big, 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 big part of their business. So if they can do that, then I don't know how it's going to go back and forth with the... Because the license is actually a big deal because people want to use their team. They want to see... They want to see the jerseys. Yeah, they want to see, uh, you know, PSG. They want to see Chelsea. They want to see the names. They want to hear the names, you know, Messi with the ball or Ronaldo or Mbappe or whoever, right? They want to be hearing those names. So that's a really big uh, 
big they don't, they don't want to see North London FC what is that like? <laughs> oh Manchester Red yeah you know the, speaking of the commentary I mean the commentary is not nearly as good as FIFA in my humble opinion because I, I played both and oh because they do have the actual um, commentators from the sports yes. on FIFA, right? Yes. I mean, the guys on on uh, PES are actually real commentators with Jim Beglin and, and, and whatnot. But they also say the player names. I don't think the player names are, like, licensed by FIFA. Mm. You know, but you know, they also get some, some decent licenses. Like, now they own Arsenal, Barcelona, which is unfortunate for them because Messi left. Yeah. Like Messi has been the poster boy for their launch campaign when they were talking about how they switched the game engine which makes them develop cross-platform, which is their argument, which I guess makes a lot of sense. And they want cross-play between consoles, regardless of where you are, which is going to be an advantage if it's not going to have. So right now, if I pick up the PS5 controller and I want to play against somebody on an Xbox or maybe even somebody on the iPhone, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen on FIFA, not in this next title for 2022. But with PES, it's going to be possible. So they, that was their argument for switching the game engine and making it free so they can just like get as many people as possible to come into this platform. This is an incentive for you. It's free. But to this day, I still think their uh, physics is way better than FIFA's. Like every time you pass the ball, it really does feel like the ball is floating along the grass. It's, mm. it's a good gameplay. I mean, I haven't played it in a while, so I'm not too sure. I don't know what like, is going on with the physics of the the motion there. I know um, FIFA has been having, like, from my from my experience anyways, there's, there's a lot of things that have to fix about the the movement. Your FIFA needs a lot of work. So <laughs> it's not unreal. It's not realistic in any way. It's mostly unrealistic with the with the movement. Like even when even when you see players run, sometimes players don't run like their actual selves. But the yeah. animations for players in uh, Konami's uh, well now e football is so lifelike because they make sure the player runs like the actual player. So when you see mm. an Mbappe burst, you know it's Mbappe. Like it's a lot of work they put into it. But it's such a small team, right? And Konami is used to be known for like Metal Gear Solid and these big titles, AAA mm. titles, but they've shrunk uh, in the past years and, and they don't have nearly as many resources as like now comparable to like EA Sports or Rockstar or, or you know, the guys that do Skyrim, is it Bethesda or the other mm. guys, but um, I'm really rooting for them. I want them to do really well. I am going to rant about this game, but I will get it on, when it comes out on PS5. Yeah, I mean it's free, so there's no harm in trying. So we're definitely going to be trying that out and see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. And who knows? Maybe it will switch us over. Hey, fingers crossed. And finally, on this episode, I think we should talk about Rihanna. Won't be. Oh, no, no. That's you know, name. she really put in that work, 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 work. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed. What about you? What you when you heard this? Yeah, man, she saw a space in the market. She jumped in, grew to that space. You see how this company is like. What's her name? What's the other people that was called? Uh, Kylie, uh, yeah, the Jenners or whatever. Yeah, um, trying to jump in as well after the series and being all inclusive and trying to jump in on it as well. It's like no man. <laughs> she was there first. She saw the gap. Then she came in for her people. Yeah, she's been inclusive. You guys had the opportunity. You had this. You had you know years and years to tap into this market. Black women have been screaming that they want their shades, but no, you guys were doing, you know, ghost white powder for the face. Like who's gonna use that as a black individual? She saw this for, you know, shades of, you know, black, brown, and other colored people and came in and look at her now. Like, only a short time later, she's a billionaire. It's really impressive. You know? But she, we still need the album, though. Like, don't think we're going to let you off the hook. I was like, going to say, people are waiting for a record from Rihanna. And she's probably like, nope, y'all just let me focus on this thing right here for a little bit. And, you I know? got a billion now. Like, okay. It's, yeah, she's untouchable. Hey, Riri. Really impressive. And, you know, people are still waiting for her record. Let's see how that pans out. Last album she did was Auntie, right? 
I feel, yeah, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, that so was it's, it's been a minute. And she's done, I think, maybe two songs. Like, what has she done recently? She had a song with, um, what's his name? The one on Drake's um, label? Label, yeah. Um, sure. I forgot his name. The one that. So she does have a single out? She does have a single? No, she no, doesn't have a single. She was featured she was on featured, his song. Okay. Um, I can't really remember his name right now. I don't know why it's escaping me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. find the title and put it in the show notes. Yeah. But he featured her on his album that he had. But that was still like maybe three years ago, or four that's years ago. That's a minute. Ago. Yeah, that's a long minute. Yeah. It's been a while since. Yep. All right. So that's our show. It was nice having Timmy back uh, on the mic. Yeah, yeah. And guys, don't forget to please like the show and subscribe to the podcast. As always, thank you for your amazing reviews. We really love those five-star reviews. Keep them coming. <laughs> and until next time, Bad Guy Conversations, we out. See ya.